Hello and welcome to Beyond the Balance Sheet, a podcast brought to you by Quilter Financial Planning. We're here to lift the lid on the world of financial advice, providing insight for those already in the industry and anyone thinking of a new career. I'm Hannah Vaughan-Jones. Join me as we address common misconceptions head on, gather advice from practicing advisors, speak with those who have overcome hurdles and hear people's inspiring stories who have chosen this industry from all walks of life. In today's episode, we look at the impact the pandemic has had on client connections and how financial planners adapted to virtual and remote ways of working. But with things starting to return to normal, does this mean the end for Zoom calls with clients or is it time to look at a hybrid approach to the future of clients communication? With me today are three experts to discuss all of this and their experiences, of course, with virtual client meetings. Tina Wright is a financial advisor and pension transfer specialist of Woodwards of Ripley. Orang Romani is managing director of Credius Wealth. And Paul Young is head of business consultancy with Quilter Financial Planning. Welcome to all three of you. Thank you so much for being here. Let's kick off then with um, a little bit more about you, all of you. Tell me what you do then in the financial planning world. And Orang, if we can come to you first. Sure. Um, thanks for that uh, intro. Um, I run a firm called Credius Wealth. We offer comprehensive financial planning advice to our clients um, across all, pretty much all areas of financial planning. So uh, pensions, investments, um, mortgages and insurance. OK, and Tina, what about you then? What, what's your role within the financial planning world? Principal of uh, Woodwater Ripley, pretty much the same as uh, Orang in what we do. Uh, we've got a small office in Ripley, Derbyshire with uh, myself, two other advisors and a mortgage advisor. OK, and Paul, over to you. Yeah, um, I work in the business consultancy in Quilter of Financial Planning. And I guess I'm, I'm very lucky because I get to work with people like Orang and Tina and various different firms, uh, mostly in the um, value value accelerant you know trying to make uh, get their value across better not that a lot of these need a lot of help but uh, I almost feel like I'm a little little bee sometimes pollinating little different flowers so I get to see lots of different versions of different firms and how they how they use that but I guess the the thing is we're using behavioral economics which is the science of decision making to um, help accelerate that. A very good analogy thank you very much Paul and um, right okay let's come then to um, back to Orang then I'm wondering how you found this sort of remote working experience that so many of us have had to go through over the last uh, couple of years I mean your work is very much client focused so presumably that had a huge impact then on on how you do engage with your clients how did it work for you? Yeah, I think it was a shock to everyone. Um, I remember leaving the office sort of mid-March um, thinking, oh, this will be three or four weeks and, you know, we'll be back. Um, didn't take much with me. <laughs> um, uh, that was probably a mistake. Um, and so just kind of had to make it up as I went along, really, um, in terms of um, client meetings and, and things. I mean, we, we sort of just very quickly adapted, basically, you know, phone calls and Zoom meetings. Zoom suddenly became a thing for everyone. Um, and it was our preferred uh, sort of tool um, and just started offering people meetings on Zoom instead of face-to-face, -face, which is which is what we'd always done before that. And Tina, was it similar, similar for you? You kind of like left with a, a limited amount of things and then assumed you'd be back in just a couple of weeks later? Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the problem for us is um, our clients come into our office. So we, we weren't used to uh, getting in touch with clients in any other in any other way. So initially it was telephone because none of us had used Zoom or Teams or anything like that before. 
So uh, it was telephone and then we sort of progressed as more people got into using Zoom, grandparents Zooming the grandchildren, etc. Um, and so then we, we asked what medium the clients would prefer, mm. whether it be telephone, whether it be Zoom, Teams or whatever. But yeah, it was very, very similar uh, experience that we had also, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because so many people wouldn't have been familiar with video calling or especially in, in, in larger groups. Um, and as you say, now for most of us, grandparents included, it's all kind of second nature. I mean, Paul, did you find that it was, did you think that it, it was really kind of a trial and error situation? Let's just see what works best in our particular situation. Or was there some sort of manual that people could go to and go, right, okay, this is how we do it in the financial planning world. I wish there was. Um, I think no. I think we we uh, we we sort of girded our loins quite quickly and thought, right, come on, we've got to get stuck into this as a sector. But I think I don't know how Tina and Orang found it, but the sort of guides of how to get the best out of digital were very YouTubey. I hate to say it, very American, very corporate to corporate. Um, and I didn't find anything that really helped me connect or work out some of the the nuances, the little bits that really make the difference. Um, and I think we sort of, I think we did really well actually. But I think we sort of bumbled through to start with and, and people were quite cool with it because everyone else was bumbling through the the we're all getting interrupted like wouldn't believe so everyone was just sort of trying to get on with it so um yeah i wish there was a master plan i think pretty quickly though plans were were drawn up and people started to really work out what worked and what didn't and that started to get shared really well especially within i just say within the network that seemed to do you know there's a lot of um, openness of, of I've tried this this is this is rubbish but actually try this this is working really well and I think that was that was really encouraging and I guess it's it's not a one-size-fits-all um, and Tina maybe you can speak to this a bit that you know for each client there might be something uh, you know a different medium that they would prefer to use be it telephone or be it video conferencing did you did you find that that you had to sort of have a bit of a slightly more bespoke approach for each person's needs Absolutely. And, and the problem that, uh, that, that you had was, was getting in touch with clients and making sure that they were engaging with you during the appointment. And I think telephone is, is probably a little bit harder than, um, than if you're using a Zoom or something like that, because you can actually see them. Mm. Um, and it's also making sure that what you're trying to convey to them, that they understand, because when you're actually face to face with someone and when you're in a room with someone, you can actually gauge their understanding from the body language as well uh, but yeah I mean we have quite a lot of elderly clients and our immediate thought was they're just not going to get engaged with us at all mm. uh, but yeah of course as it went on and more people became familiar with Zoom and that sort of thing it was fine still not the preferred um, method of contact though it was telephone which we found they were more comfortable with. Yeah, and Orang, I understand that with um, with Credius Wealth, your wealth management firm, you know, you sort of pride yourself on offering quite a unique personal service within that. So that must have been quite a challenge then to make sure that you can still offer that level of uh, of, of service provision within the context of a pandemic and everyone suddenly having to uh, be locked down. Hundred percent. I think um, as Tina already alluded to, I think it really required a different approach for each client based on their specifics. So um, I can't say that all of, you know, a lot of our clients are, are, are it's sort of older age bracket. I think um, we, we deal with everyone from first time buyers through to people that are doing some really later life planning. So within that spectrum, they're, they're all different sorts of tech savvy within that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know. If, I, 
I don't know if I'm answering your question, but certainly what we basically did is we we um, we kind of went through an, a, a process of of getting ourselves skilled up first, because that was the first problem is that we didn't really know what we were doing. Um, and so, you know, starting out doing Zooms, they were going on way too long. You know, they, they were kind of uh, we were trying to squeeze in all of that. Tina alluded to this kind of understanding, you know, all the signals that you would get face to face. It's obviously much better to do face-to-face virtual than it is to do telephone, because at least you can see. But there was things that I was doing that that I had to get better at. So communicating with people without being in a room with them. So talking slower, asking questions, checking in through the meeting to say, okay, well, are you comfortable with what we've just discussed? Did you understand it? Are we okay to move on? You know, Mm. um, all of those were kind of refinements, I think, that came later. Um, and, and another thing that I started to do was to sort of reduce meeting length. So lots of short, punchy meetings with clients um, and putting really awkward Zoom times in my diary. You know, I'm, I'm meeting you at 11.15 for 20, 23 minutes um, and we're just going to do the intro on, you know, how we work. And I would run through some of the quilter marketing literature, for example, and explain, you know, this is how we work with clients or whatever, and just, and have that as the intro. And then we, we break down the fact find into another meeting. And then, you know, so really breaking the process down a lot more. And it suited me because I, I don't want to be on Zooms for, I hate it. At the beginning, I was doing an hour and I had like three seconds in between each hourly meeting because they always ran over. And in just like, you know, um, some people are still doing, you know, r- yeah. rushing off rehydrating, uh, sorting yourself out straight into the next one. Um, yeah. And that, that's something that I've got better at. So, you know, we've all got better at it. So, it, you know, in it, when, when I think back to that sort of heady time of Q2 2020, it was, it was frantic. It was just make it up as you go along. But I think we all got much, much better at it from practice, like anything. And you don't want to patronise people as well, do you? So, I mean, there, there, may, there may well be in those initial stages, you know, a kind of first five, ten minutes of just setting up the technical side of it, making sure that everyone can hear everyone and that all the rest of it. If you're sharing your screen, that the, that person can see your screen, all of that sort of thing. So it's, you know, it, we like you said, we've all adapted. I'm Paul, I'm wondering from a, a kind of a behavioural economist perspective, whether you think that we've all adapted well or quickly, or were you particularly surprised at, at how people kind of like came to terms with the new reality um well I hate to say it but uh <laughs> I wasn't um because we've I, I been quite lucky in our my career to deal with different sectors and in financial advice the amount of regulation and change and the different ways that have altered the way that people engage over the last I don't know say 5 10 15 20 years the, the, this sector seems to be extremely resilient and adaptive um, and of course, what also happened was you had this macro environment forcing behavioral change anyway. Um, so I, I wasn't surprised. I was actually very nervous to see how long it would take. But um, all the statistics on showing and how people, you know, looking at some of the recent recent research that you know other other firms have done about how many people are now looking to continue with Zoom because and, uh, it is incredible. It's, it, it, I expect it to be a bit of a bias that way, but it'll come back. But there is a natural need and desire for social interaction. But done well, I think we've got to make sure we get this across. This Zoom, for example, is in person. It just happens to be 2D. And if you're good at it, you can accelerate rapport. Um, but you have to have a mindset, which is not take things for granted. And I'm sure we'll come into this anyway, but I wasn't surprised. But from, a, from I think what really helped was the macro. And also from a behavioral bias, we started to, uh, you know, Tina talked about different styles and different customers. I was hit by one, one of the advisors who said, 
most of my clients who are old Skype their grandchildren. They're better at this than I am. <laughs> I'm just thinking that they have to use phone and I'm sort of almost giving in too early with phone to be better. Actually, we just pushed on and it was Zoom was the best thing for them and for us, but we just needed to push on through and not sort of patronise and put our own biases in the way. Um, and that brings me on quite neatly to whether there were particular advantages that people have, that you've since discovered, all of you in, in your roles, advantages to having these sort of like remote working and video conferencing or telephone calls and the like in that you maybe have a, a somehow an even more personal contact you certainly with video calls you get an insight a visual insight into someone's home perhaps and things like that which which can often help Tina your, your thoughts on that well yeah I mean one of the things that, um, that that has happened since sort of lockdown is eased we majority of our clients have come back into the office and it is still their preferred option but, for example, we had a situation very recently where a client was running late. So if I'm really late, I'm, I'm going to be really late, I'm probably going to have to reschedule. So we just said, well, should we jump on Zoom instead? Um, so the appointment could still go ahead without that being sort of a void for both of us. Like the, the appointment couldn't go ahead because they were going to be very late coming into the office and it would then uh, lead into another appointment that I had. But because of this having happened and has been forced down the Zoom route, as it were, uh, with the pandemic, we were able to just change what we were going to do. The appointment went ahead and scheduled. Mm. Yeah. And Orang, I mean, have you found that, that situations like that have come up for you and your clients and that actually there have been some huge advantages uh, in terms of keeping in touch with people um, and not having to reschedule, for example, just because you're stuck in a traffic jam or whatever it might be? Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's added another string to our bow that, that wasn't there, that should have been there. I don't know why it wasn't there. I'm sure in several other sectors it was. It just wasn't with us. Because um, I, I like Tina's practice. We, we Similarly to hers, we, we, we see people face-to-face -face and we always get them to come to us. And some people don't want to do that. Some people want to just jump on a 30-minute call with you, just, you know, um, discuss keep a specific... Exactly. Keep a specific... You know, we, we want to make it as easy as possible for people to do business with us we do not want to create any friction if coming into town means jumping on a train that they're now unfamiliar with doing because they don't do it for their job um you know it, it just makes they're not in town anyway so we don't want to drag people to see us if, if they're not going to be there anyway so there's economies in terms of the amount of time that we, we spend it's it's quicker it's easier we can have shorter meetings um, and and really get decisions out of people quicker in a way we get an insight into their world if we do it on zoom absolutely spot on I think that's a brilliant observation because that tells you a lot about someone um, as well so you you really it's much more personal in some ways um, than it is you know coming into an, an office you know environment like ours so people are naturally a bit more relaxed and we're talking about family stuff generally when we're talking financial planning so you know it's it that's kind of useful I think um so yeah there's been loads of advantages to it i think time being the key one i think i'm i think we're saving our clients a lot of time and i think i think they appreciate that and um, i'm not at all surprised that they want to continue <laughs> on zoom it makes perfect sense to me and then we, we might change the whole way that we do things to accommodate fewer face-to-face -face, you know 3d meetings um but we just we keep them but we just have them maybe a little bit more spaced out mm. um you know and we it, don't need to do them annually anymore or whatever and it's not just clients, is it? It's um, it's staff as well. You know, everyone has yeah. benefit from not having to do the commute or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely to jump in yeah sorry no just the, 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 there's the other, other massive part is that we've got some research on a couple of these things the first one is is the client level engagement if you if you're um using things like cash flow plans or diagrams, et cetera. In the old days of in-person, you'd both be facing towards a TV screen or a laptop screen. You couldn't actually detect very easily whether someone was actually with it, what their facial uh, cues were, because we are, we are pattern recognition machines. You know, Apple spent millions of pounds trying to build the thing. We've had it inbuilt for years, you know. We, we massively can pick up emotions and emotional cues. And, you know, having it on a, on a Zoom screen when you can see the... The diagram and seeing how people react that's that's genius that is amazing to really help engage and sense you know sense people's engagement but the other one from statistic perspective is in um, the sort of traditional home buyers mortgage and protection we found massive changes with people who were engaged on phone versus zoom um, as in the amount of people who would perhaps take out protection the the client experience um, you know, some some we had some great great examples of clients saying, "Well, it was a lovely mortgage advisor, but I didn't I didn't I never saw them. It just was like a really personal call center." Whereas the Zoom experience was, they connected. There was a loyalty piece. There was a facial recognition. They felt part of it. And funnily enough, in some of the cases, looking at my stats, there was a twenty six percent increase in selling of things like life assurance, protection, etc. It's bound to be to do with protection, um, the engagement piece, but also the clarity of saying, "Well, this is what I mean." Just, just drawing it out. Yeah, I mean, and Tina, I mean, you mentioned that face-to-face -face is what your clients generally prefer, but with yeah. lockdown restrictions now easing and everything, mm -hmm. so say getting back to some kind of of, of normal, are yeah. you changing your practices in the, in the in the way you engage with clients, or you are you just sort of leaving it up to them to decide? We we we're still contacting clients and we're offering them all options realistically. And so we, we're giving them a little bit of control over how they engage with us as well, mm. um, because we don't want to force them down a route that they really don't want to, to, to follow. Um, so it is still we are finding that the majority of our clients still do want face to face. We're in a, a, a very small town. Um, our clients are very local to us. And a lot of people actually see it as a, as a, as a bit of a trip out. Mm. And, and so the, the engagement, like even though they're coming into an office to talk about the finances, is something, the amount of people that said, oh, it's lovely to actually see somebody face to face and actually be speaking directly to someone. So whilst we do, we will still offer all, all options, um, we are finding that that our clients still want face-to-face. -face. I do agree in relation to the mortgage and protection because we find that they are probably younger people who, who will engage more readily on, um, on Zoom. Yeah, but I think, I think it's, it's as you thing. said, it's the control factor, isn't it? I think that's yes. the key word there. I mean, yeah. so many of us were stripped of that feeling of control yeah. over our working and social and private lives through Absolutely. the pandemic. And so having the option to choose what fits yeah. in best with your daily yeah. routine is it seems to be kind of like the best approach. I mean, Oran, what what would you say about that? I mean, are you going to embrace this sort of hybrid model going forward? Yeah, I think um it I've got I think I've had to change in terms of my trust levels of my uh, team. I think before I wanted everyone in the office every day um, so that I could see and, and hear what they were up to. Um, and I think one of the things that I've done to change and I've had to change, I think, to allow that flexibility, because there was there was a time when we couldn't physically see each other. It wasn't allowed, you know. And so having built those tools, I'm now much more willing to be flexible 
um, around working patterns. And so um, one of my team actually moved to Bristol um, and is commuting now. He, he was living in Dulwich. He's now commuting from Bristol to London uh, for three days um, a week. And, and it works for him um, yeah. to, to do that. So, you know, I would never have agreed to that before. It's so, a beautiful city, Bristol, my home city. So I don't blame him or her for, for wanting to move back there as well. I mean, Paul, well, let's come to you for like final thoughts then on, on what would be your top tips then for financial advisors looking to embrace a kind of like perhaps a hybrid model or how to really ensure that they have good engagement, improved engagement with clients in this kind of like new working environment. So adding on to, to, to Orang's piece, I think what was really interesting to me this week is, is, is thinking about this, this recording. I contacted three city-based firms and seeing how they were dealing with it compared to some more sort of regional-based firms. And there is a change. And what I found is that the city-based firms have almost got a hybrid of a hybrid. And what I mean by that was they said it's 95-5, Paul. So what do you mean by that? Well, 95% of our clients are sticking with Zoom and only 5% are in person. I said, so where are, your, where are you working from? We're all in the office. So you're in the office Zooming out? Yes. And I said, well, hang on a second, how comes that's happening? And their demographic, of course, is they're now, their clients are working three days in their offices and they're cramming in as much as they can. So they feel guilty about having perhaps have a personal treat with Tina or Orang. They think, oh, I can't actually do this. It's like, I'm too busy. I'll do it on my home day or I'll do it differently. So it's almost gone full circle. So you've got the city, you know, the people are coming into the office to do Zooms, who would have known? And then the rural regional ones, yes, there is more of a mix. I, I do hear Tina, there is this sort of um, putting your arms around people, making it a day out, that personal piece. People have been craving that. But what I am finding is people, are, advisors are also fronting it with saying, look, well, I want to give you the choice. Disagree how the style and frequency of this needs to go on. Um, but just to let you know, a lot of my clients like you are actually saying that perhaps it's a good idea to do these perhaps every, you know, one, one every, this one every year. And perhaps we meet up face to face every two years or let's go for a, a good coffee and a chat and a catch up that way and that seems to be landing really really well but I, on all of them I'm flabbergasted of it's not just been a rush back to to in person it's definitely landed far more the digital way than in all demographics all demographics and Paul your your top tips then for for um clients trying to well for organizations companies trying to work best with clients um in order to sort of improve the client experience I'm quite fortunate. I haven't got the top tips. I just, I've just stolen them from everyone else who's doing really well. Um, but I think it breaks into three areas. It's the things you do before the meeting, how you uh, enter the first or three minutes of the meeting and how you close the meeting. So getting ready to get ready. Um, don't assume that everyone knows how to use Zoom because often people are passengers. People go to meetings as an attendee. You know, just make sure you've set up the invite saying the host and the uh, attendees camera and, and microphone are on. Subtle things, but don't have them faffing about with it. Little guides that say this is what you need to click on. When you're, when you're, you know, have you got your camera at the right angle? Is it at your eye level? Often advisors have got laptops down on their, on their chairs or on their desks and you, you're naturally looking down your nose at people. Psychologically, your eyes are saying, hang on a minute, you're talking down to me. Um, making sure you invest you know, 60 quid on a decent microphone, you know, one that actually resonates. Hello. Oh. You know, that sort of stuff is great, but it actually just cuts out that noise interference, you know, that type of stuff, making sure you've got the right height. Uh, um, and you know, lighting as well, that's another thing. The amount of times I've seen people with light coming in and the sun's coming, you can't, you can't even engage. It's almost like they're, they're like in the, in the old 1990s when you used to have those IRA impersonators in the news, you know, when you can't actually see the background, you don't know who they are. What's all that about? 
Um, so just get, get that right. But then, then the first couple of minutes, one of the biggest challenges, I don't know if Orang and Tina said, it's this meaningful rapport, especially with new clients. How do you do that? Well, one of the ways to get meaningful rapport is just, just share something about yourself. Just say, how comfortable are you with these type of meetings? But And, and talk, call out your background, number one. Say, I'm not blurring it because I want you to see me for who I am, or I'm blurring it because I just want to focus. It doesn't matter. As long as you call it out, it's, it builds connection. Say, we're going to get interrupted. You know, we're probably going to, it's going to be, going to be the, the Amazon delivery, my dog, my kids, the Wi-Fi. We're going to get an interruption. How have you found the interruptions? Because I'll tell you one thing that's united the whole United Kingdom for the last 18 months is the science of interruptions and how to deal with it. My first Zooms, I used to completely go red and apologise. Now, I mean, I've actually had my dog throw up in a Zoom recording before. I mean, it's just, just like, how do you get over that one? Um, and, and a great this, this, leveller. Well, it is a great leveller, but it's a real connection. You know, it's just like, and people know you're human and that, that's like, you know, that type of thing. But you know, calling out things like confidentiality, you know, reminding people, I've got headphones on, so your your peace of mind, you, I, I'm, it's not going anywhere else. How is it at your end? Or I'm not using headphones because I want this to be as natural as possible. How is it at your end? Because we're going to talk about some things you might want to keep quite personal. So it's little things like that. You do need to think differently, but you can accelerate in the first couple of minutes really well. And then the last thing is, you know, I could go on all day about this, Hannah, so apologies. Uh, and, and Orang and Tina are far, far better at it than I am. But the last thing I learned from these guys and people like them is never finish a Zoom meeting unless you've got another Zoom meeting booked in. And that sounds very simple. You think, hmm, what's that about? Well, even if you'll close the business and they're very happy, just to look, let's just put a meeting for two weeks time just to make sure that the documents are OK. If any questions, you've had a thought. And if we don't need it, we can always pull it out of the diary because it's really hard for us to book it again. But just that whole it's, it's like a little chain of meetings all around talked about earlier. I think you know, little small bite sized chunks, far more personable, mm. far easier to do. And it's in the diary and that sort of thing. And also when you're talking about oh, other things with clients, my, my little brain explodes after about 45 minutes on Zoom. I, if you get me another meeting, I've got a fighting chance of understanding it. So those little tips I thought I've learned from other people have been have been a game changer for me. I don't know what Orang and, and Tina yeah. might add to that. But. Well, I, I mean, it's been fascinating speaking to you all. And I think, as you said, in some cases, too much information about the dog throwing up, but that's OK. We'll forgive you for that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but also the fact that the pandemic has been a really great leveller and it's actually made us slightly more informal and actually in a bizarre way, more in contact and connected with each other, um, which, is, which has been a, a huge benefit. It's been fascinating to talk to you and to, to learn about the benefits of, of, of this new hybrid working approach. My thanks to Orang, to Tina and to Paul. Um, and thank you all of our listeners as well for joining us today for Beyond the Balance Sheet, which is brought to you by Quilter Financial Planning. Tune in next time where we learn about starting out in the industry from three new starters to the financial planning world. You can find us at www.quilterfinancialplanning.co.uk or our advisor school is at www.quilterfaschool.co.uk. Subscribe to this podcast through your preferred platform. I'm Hannah Vaughan-Jones and thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. <laughs>